Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. All right, we're back in the stew with Lucas Dunn. What's up, Lucas? Hey, how are you doing, Harold? Good. I'm talking like we haven't just been hanging out for an hour and a half already. So. Yeah. You know what we've been doing? <laughs> we've been doing Mondo Monday, <laughs> which we do every Monday night. Yeah, man. It's been a lot of fun here at Pony Boy. We do this um, programming block called Mondo Monday. It's kind of a brainchild of yours. You've brought me into it. Can you kind of talk about what it is? Um, so it's kind of something initially we just were showing just like cult genre films every single Monday for free. And um, it's mutated into this, like, wonderful, it's like a variety show, really, where, Harold, you show, like, bonkers vintage <laughs> anime blocks or films um, every single week. And that's, it's so fun. Like, nobody else is doing that around here. What, uh, and so then, well, then after that, you know, like, at 8 p.m., we'll show uh, a film that, I've me or my co-host Jordan has curated, and then after that, our friend Matt Rainey does open mic comedy. Not to host your own show, but just like what, uh, what drives you for the anime that you want to show? Oh yeah, I mean I don't mind. People always are like, "Can I ask you questions?" I'm like, "I don't care." <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, I just have different things that I remember from when I was a kid growing up, and. There's just like a certain vibe that's associated with anime to me. Um, and for, I mean, a lot of people my age probably are in the same boat. That Toonami was so huge mm -hmm. whenever we were like 14, 15, like around that age. And they had like this crazy like way of putting together music and animation. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's kind of what drove me to be the inspiration behind this show. Because they also had like, those like cool interstitials, yeah. which I think like I, I appreciate that how you have those, like the little interstitial yeah. programming things in between or like local music videos where mm -hmm. it's like you're putting on like a whole, you're sequencing. Yeah, show. it's like a whole, it's like a programming block. Instead of just shows back to back, just with nothing, I try to do transitions and in between and like intro, like, hey, here's a little bit about the show. And then the show, instead of you just getting it with no context, the music video thing was just such a natural um, progression for me because on Toonami, I remember they premiered like Daft Punk music videos, Gorillaz music videos. And so I'm like, well, what's stopping me from showing like local bands, music videos in between shows? Or like, we showed a movie tonight. Mm -hmm. It was like the first 30 minutes or so. It's like, let's give people time to get up here to watch this movie and we'll watch local bands, music videos. Like, it's just like a... Kind of a cool thing to be able to showcase with the music that's going on in the city and everything. I mean, it ties in, too, because you're showing, like, you'll show videos from the Nemes. And yeah. we had l literally, like, s local stand-up comedian and musician James Neem out here tonight. And, uh, and like he was the all... one that picked the movie that we showed, too. Really? He, <laughs> he was the one that told me about. We, we, uh, tonight we watched uh, Spriggan. I never even heard of it. And he, it was just like one day text me, was like, hey, you should show this. So I was like, okay. And I programmed it. And then he was like, oh, okay, I didn't know you are showing it for real. Like, So he came out like, yeah, it was like a funny thing. Like he's done comedy, um, 
Spriggan was his suggestion, like, and then we have his music video. Like, he's he's kind of all over the place, I guess, on this. And that's one of the things that I love the most about what we do with Mondo Mondays. We're self-promoting here, but um, it's I feel like we're building and um, putting communities together of, like, I mean, we've got anime, cult film, and comedy, and, like, these three different kind of divergent things, but, like, they all converge at some point, and we're, like, we're getting all these people together, and you can just hang out. You can come out. It's free. There's yeah. drinks. It's great. It's it is cool. Time. I mean, we have buddies that have been coming to this, and they come for every – they stay for the entire night. Yeah. They watch anime. They watch the, the movie, and then they watch comedy. Like, it's crazy. Like our the current like film co-host Jordan was someone that he just he was here every night like a like a lost puppy right he was a regular uh, yeah and it was just like you're here all, all the time do you want to just co-host because like we're talking about movies anyways I remember you told me that that he was he'd been coming watching the movie and then you ended up having him just based off of meeting him. Yeah, it's like if That's you're going to be funny. here anyways, like you can pick up yeah. some movies <laughs> like, and rad. talk about them, and it's been exciting. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I've definitely had fun. Like, I'm super stoked that I have the opportunity now to show stuff like that. So it's been a lot of fun, and we're doing all kinds of goofy stuff, and I'm trying to do experiential type things. So look out for stuff like that where we, like, well, like we – uh, watch the Street Fighter 2 anime, but then we're also <laughs> playing, like, Street Fighter 2 on the, yeah. the TVs upstairs. Like, that shit is super fun yeah, to me. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's been very great to get to know you through that and then also, like, have you helped build. Yeah. Like, we're building something. Yeah, it's been know? a blast for sure, dude. Well, we talked about this, too, because, like, I've been wanting to do this series where I get to know people a little bit better just from the things that they love. And so we talked about some of the shows maybe you've been to. I've done, like, a... You know, started the series, the concert stories. Um, I talked to our buddy Jeff. Um, he was the first one I had on, and we had a lot of fun doing it. So I'm looking forward to keeping this series going. But I talked to you about doing it a while back. And so we have to put a picture of this. I have to get a picture of this. But uh, you have, like, a uh, album you've put together, basically like a, a uh, like a collage of throughout the years of all these shows. And I know there's a couple you have, like, that you want to punch in on. But uh, yeah, let's take a look at it, man. Let's see what uh, you got going on in that. Yeah, it's technically what you would call a scrapbook, but scrapbook. Scrapbook. I couldn't has, think of the word. Has like a a, a certain suburban mom yeah. connotation. <laughs> but I mean, that's what it is. It's something that like I took all of like this ephemera from my youth. and I, But I try to do it like in an artistic way. Like it's more a collage. There's... Um, you can see the title. It's a photograph that I took, and it says Rotten Teeth, and that's the name of it. Um, but it's, like, all of, like, my concert tickets. It's very big. Like, if you guys are – sorry to interrupt, but if you guys are familiar with, like, zines, like, it's very much that feel, like a like a zine put together, like, back in the day. We used to do, like, handmade, like, collage-type things like that. This very much the feels what it gets – like, what it gives off. Yeah, it, it's very, like, cut-and-paste um and yeah it's like concert tickets and movie tickets but also just like old photographs or things that i cut out of magazines like the first page here we have my 11th grade uh school high school id id from carl albert high school and there is a kozik 
flyer. There is a ticket to when I saw the band Zwan, which was like a super group with, um, they just did one album, I think. It's like Billy Corgan, one of the guys from, um, uh, I don't know, brain not working, band where they're all standing in the water, uh, Slint. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would have got that. And I think David Paho was, uh, David Paho was the guy from Slint. But anyways, uh, and there's also my ticket for when I saw Citizen Toxie uh, when that was released, I saw that in Dallas, and Lloyd Kaufman introduced that. And so, I don't know, you just, like, flip through this, and there's, like, pieces of art that I made. I mean, on the second page, there's, like, the f a story that I wrote in first grade that was, like, in my, you know, that portfolio that you give you, you know, whenever you graduate child school and it just goes through <laughs> things like that no it's, it is like a as i was saying earlier because we kind of looked at this thumb through it earlier and it's like i wish i had something like this and i honestly wish that like most people had something like this because like i feel like i've learned a lot about you just it's like looking into your mind like i feel like i've learned a lot about you just by looking through this like <laughs> the random stuff that you have in here yeah i mean that was I, I mean, not intentionally, but uh, maybe in the back of my mind, that was like a reason why I made this of just like, if I die tomorrow, which I mean, I made this when I was like, I don't know, it was like 10 years ago or something. So this doesn't represent me now, but like at the point of time that I made it, it was just like, this is who I was my whole, like there's like baby pictures in here right. and like. Uh, who I was. So, like, start. This is actually where this conversation came out of. So, like, the first ticket, other than the Zwan ticket, um, is Melt Banana and Black Dice at the conservatory on Halloween night in. Um, does it have the date on there? Yeah, the the date's ripped off. Oh, I think it was okay. 2001, 2002, maybe. Shout out to Conservatory. Now 89th Street Collective, better known as, if you're listening to this. Yeah. I, that, man, that venue. That has gone. It, it, the bathrooms are completely different now, and I'm like, thank God. Oh, they're not gross. People, I'm so glad that people don't have to experience those bathrooms anymore. So f funny that you bring that up, because when I saw Milk Banana that night, <laughs> uh, I mean, so the conservatory was, or this was Green Door, but still, both of them, yeah. bad bathrooms. Of the same, yeah, of the same ilk. Yeah, and um, I th maybe I saw Milk Banana there one other time, so it could have been this time, could have been other time. Either way disgusting bathrooms they were written <laughs> up in like a national punk zine for having the worst bathrooms in america holy shit and i talked to imagine that no, yeah, yeah imagine that <laughs> and i mean i was told that from Joani, who's was the guy that one of the guys that like ran that place friend of mine uh and he took it as a badge of honor wow and it was like no we're not gonna fix the bathroom <laughs> we're not updating this yeah we want it to be fucking like cbgb's like gross <laughs> as fuck 
and the bathroom stalls with no doors and yeah. shit like that. And so I, um, the guitar player from Melt Banana, they're a Japanese noise rock band. Are you familiar with them? They're great. They wrote, um, what was it? Um, they had a theme song for a an Adult Swim Japanese oh, no cartoon. Pretty, shiny, something. Does that ring a bell? I don't know. Um, we'll have to make a playlist to go along with this episode, though, like on Spotify, and we'll have to throw some stuff that we talk about on that. Yeah, we're going to get into the weeds here. <laughs> but um, the guitar player, Agata, um, he has like an immune disorder, and so he was wearing a face mask before face masks pre-covid yeah and um and so when he traveled he was always wearing it and he god bless him i walked in to go take a pee and there was no door on the bathroom on the toilet stall right and he was sitting down and having to do his business wearing the mask in this just like filthy just like graffiti encrusted, just like the worst <laughs> bathroom ever. And I felt I wanted, I mean, obviously I don't talk to anybody in the bathroom if I can help it just, just as a, a rule. Yeah. As, as a rule, it's a courtesy thing, <laughs> but I just wanted to apologize to him. Just like, man, you traveled halfway across the world <laughs> to play this show. And you're probably walking out with like 40 bucks and you're just like, can I say bad words on this? Oh, yeah, definitely. You're shitting in the most gross toilet <laughs> in America with your mask on. Literally ranked. With, like, no privacy just to, like, play for, you know, 40, 60 people. Right. It was depressing. That is so funny, though. That's the shit that you remember, though. I mean, that'll be, like, a core memory, like, for, for your life, probably. Oh, yeah, I'll be... Post-stroke Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> the thing you revert back to. Yeah. I mean, if I make it to 82 years old, that'll be me. Sure. But I'll still remember that. Well, you had all kinds of, like, cool, um, you had all kinds of cool, like, stubs in here and, like, uh, flyers from the conservatory. Um, what were some of these other shows you got on here? Um, I've got a patch right here that was handmade by this Italian noise band called Ovo. O-V-O. They're great. Check them out. Got Violent Femmes. Uh, they played a free show at UCO. Fantastic. I, it was like the Oh, yeah, Hamilton fun. Fieldhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was like, do you ever see like the, the right band at the right time when it's just like, I don't know. I was like in, I just dropped out of college, but it's just like uh, emotionally the right time to get into the Violent Femmes when you're like, 20 years old. Right. You know. <laughs> that's cool, man. It's like some, there's some in here that I'm like, wow, that's cool. They're going to be able to say that you got to see these people. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, uh, I've got, oh, the Pledge of Allegiance tour. Oh, yeah. Slipknot, baby. Friday, October 5th, 2001. Slipknot, System of a Down. If this is the same show that I'm remembering, I think Mudvayne was supposed to open, but for some reason they canceled. And so we, I got to the venue, and so this was at, it's the, the Myriad 
which is, I guess, called like the Cox Center now. Or, yeah, the Prairie Surf Media. Yeah. It's like a production is studio. Is that what it now. is? Yeah, it's not even a convention center anymore. It's like oh, a production wow. studio now. <laughs> but like that was but like. I graduated there. Really? <laughs> yeah, my graduation was there. I think that's where my graduation was too. That's funny. But that was like at that point in time, it was before the big, um, what? Chesapeake, now Paycom, yeah. like the big arena. And so the, Ford Center back in the day. Yeah, Ford Center. And so that was like the big arena. And That's true. That a lot of people played there. I had friends, uh, or my, my wife's cousin saw a queen there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty insane. When? In the 80s, 82, like, 83, something like that. Like Freddie, well, I guess Freddie, Freddie Mercury, Mercury had to queen. still be alive. Yeah. It was wow. insane. I was like, you saw a queen? That's insane. That was pretty sick. And, it, of course, the ticket was, like, probably $15 or something like if that. If that. I'm yeah. like, my God, that's crazy. I'm going to put a pin in that because um, I have a, a classic rock anecdote. Uh-oh. Uh, but, so, Slipknot, System of Down, and then Mudvayne was supposed to open. And we get to the arena, you know, before the show starts. And it was, like, last minute that it was announced Mudvayne had canceled. And so Mudvayne is one of those face paint bands. <laughs> where they all, they wear, like, face paint. Right. And there was a guy in the bathroom wearing the Mudvayne oh face paint. God. And he was angrily washing it all oh off. God. Of just, like, he was like, God damn it, like, Mudvayne canceled? <laughs> and he showed up and he just had to, like, wash off all Very the Mudvayne. symbolically. Washing his face. Yeah, he was like so mad. <laughs> but it's like, what's you did? You you, you can still wear the mud vein. Yeah, dude. Face paint. That is kind of like I don't know. It's weird to like. I don't know how you feel about. Like if I'm going to see a band, like I don't want to wear a t-shirt of that band. No, that feels kind of weird to me. Like I would wear another That's the band. That's PCU rule. You've yeah. seen PCU, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> that you want to wear a band shirt of like another band that's cool. Like, that's what I would do. But, like, yeah, you never wear the band shirt of the band you're going to see. Like, that's whack. The last show I went to was last week, and it was, like, a DIY kind of, like, metal noise rock. It was a shout-out, Chat Pile. It's my best friends and also, like, my favorite local band. Um, and at a new venue called The Sanctuary, which was great. Um but I, was, I think I was the only person there that was wearing a shirt with buttons. <laughs> and that made me feel old. It was like a just like a tiki shirt. Right. But it felt really weird not wearing like a black t-shirt <laughs> with like a white silk screen of a band name on it. <laughs> That's like a concert day uh, uniform. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let me see what band shirt I'm going to wear to that concert I'm going to tonight. Yeah, I wasn't trying to flex. <laughs> Okay, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, Slayer. That's cool. Oh, so Slayer. I've seen Slayer three or four times. Um, I saw them on my 20th birthday. This tattoo I got on my birthday, my 20th birthday in Dallas, Texas. It's a record player, which it was ill-advised. <laughs> I was like a record collector, and... A friend of mine was like, it's a Technics, what is it, the 1200? The Audio Technica? Yeah. 
And I asked a friend, Sarah Stanley, if, if this was a bad idea. And she was like, everybody is going to ask you for the rest of your life if you're a DJ. Oh, my God. And she was very right about that. Holy shit. Um, apparently, that guy gave Marilyn Manson several tattoos as Whoa. well. Uh, it's not a great tattoo, though. Well, I've seen worse. Um, but then, yeah, went and saw Slayer. And they surprise um, Encored with the entire... Rain and Blood album. And so they did just like, like a, a normal five hour concert. Uh, yeah. They did like a normal Slayer set, which fucking ruled. And then, but I, the whole time I was like, where's something from Rain and Blood? And then the entire album. And then, yeah, they just did the whole thing. That's pretty sick. Uh, they are true professionals every time I've seen them. Somebody will always get like hurt in the pit. And, but when they do, Slayer just stops. They watch it. And they're just like, hey, somebody's hurt. You know, like, look after people in the pit, and they'll call for medics. And... I love when bands do that. Yeah. Like, that is so cool. It's like you just, I don't know. So a lot of times with these musicians, we, like, put them so far up as if, like, they're not just regular people. So it's just cool to see them being like, hey, man, don't do that. Like, let's just all be chill and, like, get along or whatever. Yeah, and especially with, like, heavy music where you kind of just don't expect I mean, you should expect it, but it's like where they're still like sensitive. Like we're, we want you to like collide and crush into each other, but like respectfully, within, yeah, respectfully within <laughs> limita limitations. No, it's a, definitely like I don't know. It, it's fun because like going to shows are just so different, especially um, you know, whenever you've kind of starting to get into your own um, musical taste and preferences and, like, finding bands that you like on your own. Going to a show at that time is just, like, one of the most fun things and, like, a, I don't know, it's just, like, a very cool experience to be able to, like, see music played live that you always just, like, listen to, like, on a CD or a tape or something. Uh, it's just a very neat experience. And, I mean, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. I mean, my what, my most, like, recent, or I guess third most recent show, I've been to a couple in the last few weeks, but I saw Bob Dylan. Oh, right. Man, he's just old now. He is old. And I knew what I was getting myself into. You saw the guy that used to be Bob Dylan. Yeah, and, and I knew that I was. Oh, he's, st he's still Bob Dylan he though. Is. Like he's just all the sin. Yeah, but Bob is a guy that like he just does his own fucking thing. Yeah, and you're gonna get what you get with Bob Dylan, and he's the whole, his whole career he's been that way. My review of the show, I saw him at like the Civic Center, and it was. An old man doing a bad piano recital while growling at you. And in the background, there's a very talented blues rock band who is trying to keep up with his <laughs> bad key and tempo changes. Oof, but it was great. I got to see. I was, I was in the well, same go to that with Bob to Dylan. Yeah, you go to that. You go to something like that to say you've seen Bob Dylan. Yeah. 
That's why I just I I'd just, never forgive myself if I'd right. never seen. You've got to like, catch Bobby him. D's my boy, my, my boy. I uh, I just saw Elton John for the same reason. How was that? He, uh, he was he probably fucking, a lot more professional. He fucking crushes. <laughs> I mean, he's like could barely get around. You know, he's got bad knees and stuff. He's just an older guy, but still sounds great. He did the Dua Lipa, the new Dua Lipa song. <laughs> he's just he's he's not a. I like I like anyone that's not like a um a dinosaur that's just like so rigid about like I'm not gonna change what I do at all. And uh he's just been very cool with like staying with his he did a Disney movie, you know what I mean? He's done his own movie, Rocket Man, he's done collaborations with new artists. I like that. See I to me with the thing with Dylan that I respect and that I, again that I knew going in where it was just like uh, he's been doing this his whole career where he just like I, I've I've like read things about like him working with his backing bands and they're just like we don't he doesn't tell us what what we're doing tonight. Like he'll just switch up the set list like a like oh nothing God. and like not tell you that like, oh, we're doing this song reggae tonight <laughs> or whatever like and you just have to like follow with him, but he's just like he does what he does and um and you get what you get. But I respect like the the artistry of that, where you know, you whatever night that you see Bob Dylan, that is the night that you see Bob Dylan, <laughs> and it's like it's always going to be different instead of like a Broadway show where you got to like do the same the thing. same thing every time that yeah. you see it. Yeah, no one performance is the same. I mean, that is definitely one though. Like we've said, that's just like you've got to go to that if you're in any way a fan of that just to be able to say you saw him for sure all right what else we got here okay so flipping through here's another fun one when i saw tomahawk and the melvins and dalek um in fort worth texas june 4th 2003 do you know those bands i don't you don't know the melvins i, I don't think so was like what what i know any of their songs um, they had, I mean, like their big album is Houdini, which was produced by Kurt Cobain. It was Kurt Cobain's favorite band. Wow. Um, they're from Washington. <clears throat> and then Tomahawk was fronted by Mike Patton from Mr. Bungle and a lot of other things. And then pretty much the rest of the band was Jesus Lizard. Like one of my other favorite bands, and then Dalek is like a cool indie hip hop band. That show is wild for a lot of reasons. Um, one, I got to like meet some of my heroes. So to back it up, we get to the venue, and all of us like I don't think my other friends had seen the Melvins before, but we all loved, like, worshipped the Melvins. Just great, heavy music. Um, they've inspired so much of, like, the doom metal scene, like, all of, like, the Sabbath worship. Um, fantastic. And so we're at the gas station outside the venue, um, just going into, like, I think we were just going to use the bathroom while we're, like, waiting before the show starts. And the Melvins are in there waiting to use the bathroom also. No, wait. They're just like us. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, my God. That's that's Buzzo. That's King Buzzo. Dale Crover. And and so we're like, they walk out. And 
I mean, we were like 18, 19 years old, and we're like, it was like that thing where like we're looking at each other, and like they knew we knew who they were, and um, and so King Buzzo comes up to me, and he had. There was like at this time these like weird juice drinks that had like comic book characters like like plastic toppers, and so he had one that was like the Incredible Hulk, and so like you drink the gross thing, but then you could have like the toy, and we're talking to him, and they were they knew that we were awkward, but he was like, do you? <laughs> he's like, I just want this toy. Do you want the drink? I'm like, yes. And so I took the drink. I didn't even drink it because I was like, I got to hold on to this. Right. He uh, gave me a job. I got to do it. And then after that, we went to the parking lot of like the venue and Mike Patton walks out of um, his the van that they're touring in. And my friend Sarah was just like huge crush on him. And she was just speechless, could not talk i had to like introduce <laughs> her to mike Patton, uh, but he was like as friendly as it could get and like oh, he was just like awesome he was like who are you put her there and like we just like shook hands and then during their show they showed this movie guinea pig mermaid in a manhole which is this japanese gore film and that I didn't know what it was, and I had to, like, just fucking do a lot of, like, research. And that turned me on to a lot of what we show and at Mondo. That's what started Mondo Mondays, yeah. baby. That planted the seed. That is so cool. That's cool that you get to meet people. It's always nice when you meet them, and then they're not shitheads. What's like, thank a, you for not being a douchebag. What's a good, like, for you, like, meeting meeting a musician that, like, you admire? Um, I would probably that was probably, good or bad. Yeah, I mean, name names. I've been lucky to have a couple. Um, one that comes to mind is I was really into a band called Copeland. It's like a real chill, like indie rock band. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but um, I always really liked them. And um, they came on tour for a new album that they were um they had put out, and they were the middle band on a tour with Reliant K <laughs> of Christian music. Yeah, yeah. And um, I went to the Outer Cafe. <laughs> I, you go, or you, you're, you're too young for the Outer mm -hmm. Cafe. Are you I, familiar? Uh, uh It was this like Christian, like free all ages venue. And it was just like they had like free coffee. All the shows were free. Um, but it was just like all Christian, like, pop punk. Just a good wholesome time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, this was, like, late 90s, early 2000s. And that was, like, really, like, one of the few, like, all ages places to go if you were in a punk. Yeah. And I wasn't Christian, but it was just, like, oh. A I place can, you could go. I could go. <laughs> yeah. And I can, like, meet punks. Um Wholesome punks. Wholesome punks. <laughs> a lot of unwholesome punks also. Oh, sure. uh, but it was just like, you know, it was like the only thing to do. It was on like the north north side of OKC. Yeah. Um, Sorry uh, to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. I um, So he they were the middle band. 
in the headlining show that Reliant K was doing, which Reliant K's fine. Like, I liked them fine growing up and everything. But I was there to see Copeland, mm-hmm. like, for sure. And so <laughs> to the point where when they uh, finished their set, they were in the middle band. They were like, oh, we're going to be out here if you want to buy, like, a shirt or whatever. And so this is at Rose State College where they played, and they, they have, like, an R-S-C. auditorium there. And um, so Reliant K comes up, and I'm, like, with my buddy, and we were both there for Copeland. And we were kind of just like, do you want to see Reliant K? And I was like, not really. And so we left. And everyone was, like, super stoked and, like, getting riled up for Reliant K. But we left to go see if we can get, like, a T-shirt or whatever. And um, the guy, the lead singer of Copeland's name is Aaron Marsh. Um, he was a really nice guy. Super introverted. And um, which is always funny to me with a musician up on stage in front of a thousand people. Yeah. But um, so he went and he was just nice and shot the shit with this and was like super laid back and just, you know, cool as a cucumber. And uh, so we had told him like, you know, no disrespect to Reliant K, but like we wish you guys would have been headlining because like we would love to hear a lot more out of, you know, a specific album that we liked and stuff like that. And um, he was like, man, I appreciate that. And so like I asked him if he would sign my ticket um, like to the concert and um he did, and um, so we talked a little bit more. And then um, after we left, I looked at it, and he had, like, on the ticket, it had the headliner, so it says, like, um, Reliant K. Well, he had signed it under, like, like at the bottom part of the ticket, he signed his name. But at the top, he had crossed out Reliant K and wrote Copeland. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fucking rad. And I didn't even realize it till we left. And I still have that ticket at my house. Like, it's hanging on my... I have, like, a board that my wife got me, and she, like, hung up all my tickets on the board. But, yeah, he, like, crossed out and wrote Copeland, and I was like, that was fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's one of of my favorite memories, for sure, of, like, getting to meet someone and, like, getting them to sign something. How are we out on time? I've got one more story I would really love to tell that is uh, ticketless. We're barely at 36 minutes, my friend. Okay, so... Maybe the most important show I've ever been to didn't have a ticket stub because I didn't have a ticket. Is that okay? Can we talk yeah, about that's that? Fine. So um, there was I'm I've been working on a book about this for like ten years. One of the <laughs> craziest experience of my life. I was just like homeless for a month on the East Coast, living out of a car with a friend, and. We had, um, we basically brought like a guitar, a little practice amp, and a child's drum set so we could like busk with if we needed to because we were we were playing in a band called Herbosher She. So it was just kind of like <laughs> improv noise. It was that, or uh, we also called ourselves the Alphabetizers. That's not uh, a bad name. That is not a bad name. It's a good name. Uh, but it was like very annoying music. <laughs> um, and uh, over the course of this, I mean, I'm going to lose me. Like, I'm going to try to like long story short this as much as I can. But we ended up going on tour with Japanther, who is a fucking fantastic um, punk rock band. Very great band name. Yeah, Japanther. <laughs> that really, is amazing. And they're a two piece uh, as well. We went and saw them. Our car was broken down, and 
we had to like walk to the venue to see them and then we talked to them afterwards and they were like we're going on tour tomorrow do you guys want to open for a few dates for us if you can get your car fixed and we're like yes yeah, of course fuck yeah and so we got the car fixed and um one of the shows we opened for Dan Deacon's band at the time, which was called Butt Stomach, <laughs> which I don't know if you know Dan Deacon. Uh, he's a, like, literally has, like, a degree in music. He's a... Uh, he's a brainiac. Genius. Like, gotcha. And fantastic, like, electronic music. Just one of a kind. Check out Dan Deacon. Also, oh, Dan Deacon. Also, like, one of the most just, like, interesting, weird people I've met him in like three different cities, just like coincidentally. Like I've run into him, and like he recognizes me. No shit. I've seen him in Baltimore, Oklahoma City, and Seattle. And every time he was just like, "That's like fr freaking right, left, middle." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just seen this dude everywhere. And for someone that's been across the world, he knows me. That's insane. That's, um. But so the story I was wanting to get at was on the same trip, we went, we were in Brooklyn, New York, and Lightning Bolt was playing. Do you know Lightning Bolt? They're like a two-piece noise band. Uh, like, at this, uh, always, forever, one of my favorite bands. It's just like a drummer and a bass player, and it's loud as fuck <laughs> and just like chaotic I say you love a good two-piece from what it sounds like. I love two-piece bands. Um, and this, we didn't have no money. We were homeless. And we're just, like, standing outside the venue. Just like, how do we sneak in here? You know, just scheming it out. Yeah, I get to wear a fake mustache and carry in a box or something like yeah. that. Part of the roadies. <laughs> and the drummer, Brian Chippendale, who is, like, one of, like, my... I'm a drummer, and so, like, he's... Like, one of my my drummer heroes. Like, the way he plays, his style, everything. Just, like, I love him. And he comes out, and he's like, do you guys want to get into the show? That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah. That is so random. And he's like, well, we've got, it's, you know, we've got, like, a few, like, guest list spots. And, like, we want to make sure every s s slot is filled. Like, do you? want to go like, like yeah yeah <laughs> we would like that that's yeah. why we're here <laughs> and so he guest lists us which is already getting into like cheesy movie trope <laughs> territory yeah you know it's like kiss like you want to you want to go see you know detroit rock city right shit <laughs> and so lightning bolt at least at this point they only ever played on the floor they didn't play on the stage. They just set up wherever they set up, and they play on the floor. And, I mean, this place, there's probably 1,200 people there. And there was a big stage. They set up on the floor still. And so we're watching this, like, fucking horrible opener, which their whole set, it was one fucking Brooklyn hipster, and his song was Vegan Bacon Love, where he was just doing, like, a karaoke version of... Feel like making love, where he's saying, and he just weird out. Vegan making love, and that was like he just did that one song. I was like, God, why fuck? is this happening? But while that was happening, uh, 
the drummer started setting up his kit right next to me. And the bass player came in and started setting up his kit, you know, like right next to me. And so it was like front and That's center. Awesome. And so like the whole time during the set, I mean, like he plays like furious, intense, just like just like all over the place and throwing sticks. And so I'd catch his sticks and give them back to him and all that. And, you know, like the crowd is intense and surging and like pushing in. And I'm like protecting the drum set, you know, like kind of like Holding pushing the line. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it gets to the end of the set and he's like, okay, we're going to do one encore. What do you want to hear? And everybody's yelling out songs. Nah, not that one. Nah, not that one. And then I yelled out my favorite song from them, Dracula Mountain. I'm like, yes, that's the one. No way. And they fucking encored it. That is so cool. And then after that, I talked to him like he was at he was like running the merch table, and I was like, dude, if you ever want to come to OKC, I will hook you up with the show. Like we've got a venue for you. And then flash forward to about a year later, I got a message from like an email from like Jawani who was running the conservatory then. And he was like, lightning bolt said that you told them to play here. Oh my fucking God. He's like, do you want to book this? Do you want to open for this? I'm like, yes, yes. And so I booked them and I got to open for them. And it was like a big show. And I got to like, just like, play with my idols. That's incredible. That was one of the greatest nights of my life. Dude, yeah, that's a fucking core memory for sure. Yeah. Holy shit, that's awesome. That is so cool, man. It's like a I love that people have I think maybe not to that extent, but someone anyone that's been to a show has something like that. Not that exact experience, but they have something that's like the thing that they will never forget. And I love hearing about that. That's why I wanted to do this series was to hear those kinds of things from people. Like that is fucking amazing, dude. Do you? I've got I've got a lot of stories like that, <laughs> but um, as my scrapbook will attest, <laughs> do you have like a like a magical like this came out of a movie? Yeah. because like I feel like that story is like something that like this is a you know hundred and twenty cigarettes. Style like one crazy <laughs> night kind of thing. Do you have a story like yeah, that? Yeah, there was definitely. I think I've told this, or I know that I've told this story before, but I don't even care. I love this story. Tell it again. I went. Um, so when I was in uh, high school, um, I we started. Me and my buddies, we started like looking at stuff to do. Maybe after graduated, like maybe to take a trip or something. Well, we saw. Um, I don't know how which one of us knew about South by Southwest, but um, somebody, one of us knew somebody that had gone. What year is this? Uh, oh, man, had to have been like 2010. I graduated 2009, so it's probably 2009, 2010. Um, I was already burned out. I'm older than you, so I was already <laughs> burned out on South by, by then. Well, I'd never even, like, heard about it, honestly. Like, I'd never I gone think to I still probably went in 2010, yeah. though. <laughs> But, uh, so, yeah, they were like, we should go to this show or whatever. Like, it's in Austin, Texas. I've never been to Austin before. And so I was just like, fuck it, let's go. And then so we went that week, and, you know, it's like a week long. 
the music portion. There's like they do music and electronics, all kinds of yeah, shit. Yeah, now it's like Movies. two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, so we went and we didn't have tickets or anything. Like we didn't have any kind of um anything planned because we had not bought tickets or passes or anything. Oh wow. We're gonna have to hear about that one for that's, sure. That's a big story. We gotta hear about that in a go, minute. Finish your story and then we'll <laughs> go into this. I'm sorry, we'll find another get, ticket. Let me get a picture of that. But um so we had we didn't buy tickets or anything. And um we got down to Austin. The only thing we'd done was um get a hotel, like make sure we had somewhere to stay. Yeah. So we get down there and uh, there was a band that we liked at the time called The Cab. It was like very pop punk, like very poppy. And it was cool. Like it was like um they were playing in this tent. What we found out was that there there was um there was a lot of shit you can go to that's just free. Like you don't even have to have a ticket to anything. Oh yeah, that's just, just the thing with like South by Southwest. Like there's music everywhere. Uh, like, and I think there's still that thing to this day. But it was like definitely like 15 years ago or more. There was like there was always like the there was like a free list, and you could look that up, and it would just be like, here's 200 fucking places you can go to that have like free food, free barbecue, free shows, and like. You could always, like, no matter, you didn't have to have a badge. And now, even if you have the badge, you're not getting in. No. We didn't know that, though, so we didn't know shit about anything. I saw Battles at a trailer park at, at South by Southwest <laughs> in, like, 2003. It's like off-Broadway type of thing. Uh, yeah, no, it was, like, this, like, label called uh. Buddyhead, and they literally just, like, threw a, like, off-South by Southwest thing like literally at a trailer park uh, and battles played <laughs> when they were like a new band and now they're like huge yeah that's freaking random but it's like that sorry shit, to interrupt shit, no it's shit like that and south by is just random shit like that um so we'd gone to see this band and one of the things that they do is like it was like in a tent and so they didn't take tickets but like when he went in they give you like a they count the number of people mm -hmm. coming in when they get to capacity, nobody else can come in. Can, can come in, even though it's a free show, like per like the fire marshal. So we got there, and um, it was like a such a random mix of bands that were going to be there. There was a law dispute. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them. And then there's a band called Symbols Eat Guitars. Those guys are pretty cool. The Cab, and then the headliner of that show was Some Forty One. <laughs> So I was like, this is crazy. We're going to see some 41. And like, yeah, it was like such a random, like, okay. Well, after the cab played, we wanted to get, uh, we wanted to get their, uh, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to get their, um, their like autographs and stuff. And, uh, so we went to go get their autographs and like, they were cool guys and everything too. But when we went to go back in, they were at capacity. And so we were like, man, like we we're just gutted. Cause like it was, they were, they played right before some forty one did, and so we were just like, "Well, shit, like this stinks." What year is this again? Two thousand ten, two thousand nine, something like that. Oh, I so think this is it. like a some a sad some forty one not being the headliner era, right? <laughs> well, they're headlining. I think they maybe had just come out with a new album or something. One of the last albums that they did. Uh, anyway, uh, so we're leaving and. There's like this, uh, in the back of the venue, there's just like a metal gate. And um, that was like the backstage area. Well, like the drummer, Sub 41, was there. 
and um, he saw us. He was just pissed drunk, first of all. He saw us, and uh, my buddy recognized him. Like, I didn't know who he was just by looking at him. But one of our friends was like, that's the drummer from uh, Sum 41. So we go over to that fence, and he's like, what are you guys doing? And so they kind of just told him, like, oh, man, we came to see you, but then we had left, and then we tried to get back in, and it's full. But he's like, well, we fucking want you guys in here with us. So he, like, made them go open the gate for us and pulled all of us backstage, side, oh, like, side cool. stage. And we watched the entire show from, like, the side stage area. And, like, throughout the set, because, like, we got to talk to them before, and they were, like, super amped to go on. And during the show, they would, like, be singing and everything, and then they would run over to the side stage where we were and, like, looking at us and, like, singing and shit. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. It was one of the coolest things that's ever happened. My buddy has, like, a video on his, like, Facebook on this dog shit LG View phone. <laughs> it's, like, one pixel. You can see, like, which pixel singing? But... He took this video and it's like awful, but it's like one of my favorite memories of any of anything like that I've ever gotten to do. It was so random and so cool, like to just meet these guys and like we want you to come back here. Oh, and we're like okay, <laughs> like meeting musicians or, or just like artists, anybody that like you're into, and they're like um, graceful and respectful. I, I I think it's like more common than most people assume, but also you will sometimes meet people where it's the opposite, yeah, where like sure. they they would just walk right over you, yeah, if they could. Um, okay, you pointed one out while okay. I was talking. To yeah, talk I think about it. Maybe we could like round this out with this <laughs> one last story because this is one. Uh, can you read this ticket to me? Yeah, let me see. Chili's presents. Chili's presents. <laughs> I didn't even see that. In sync celebrity tour 2002 reunion arena. When is this? March 20th, 2002. That is amazing. That is so good. Lower balcony too. You got a hell of a seat. So I saw In Sync in 2002 <laughs> at the height of their popularity. And also at a time where it was just like fuck in sync. Like oh this was my <laughs> senior year of high school and I was just like punk rock. So one of the local news stations had a contest, a video contest where like make make a video to prove that you are in sync's biggest fans. Oh my god. And we were skateboarder punk rockers who were not big fans. Of NSYNC, but we were big fans of making videos back then. And so this was kind of like jackass, like when that was like a big, you know, big thing. Right. And so we just like for ourselves made all of these just jackass videos of, I mean, some of my friends made videos where they literally just like, they figured out ways to set bicycles on fire and throw them off of parking lot buildings downtown Jesus. and were chased by cops. Um, they broke into a movie theater and stole all the quarters out of an Area 51 arcade machine and got arrested. Like, just mind-boggling dumb <laughs> things. This is what we were up to. 
I don't know. We were we were dumb. We were in high just school. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so we saw that there was like prove that you're the biggest in sync fan, and so we we were all kind of in like um, TV production class. You know, they'd be like the morning news that would show like all across, like in every TV in At the school in, in the school. Yeah, and so we were doing that. And so we had like access to like cameras and editing bays and all that, and uh, we. Edited this thing to the song Dirty Pop that was just like us just doing like horrible, dumb stunts, <laughs> um, like uh, dressing up like as mascots and just uh, embarrassing ourselves and hurting ourselves and all that. And I think it was like Fox 25 that was doing this. And somehow he ended up like winning the thing and like the the news showed up to my friend's house and we were all there and they're just like you won you get to go to see in sync and we're going to drive you in a limo down to Dallas and you're going to see in sync and smash mouth oh fucking smash mouth yeah. that's awesome you buried the lead there uh, yeah yeah that's smash awesome. Ma- smash mouth opened we didn't watch we were kind of like bird dogging for chicks the whole time while smash mouth was playing <laughs> It was just like, oh, there's, like, cute girls here. And, yeah, I mean, the limo, course, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. The limo driver was, like, cool as fuck. Um, but, yeah, we had, like, obviously, like, we were punk rockers. We had no interest in Smash Mouth or Sync. Right. But I'll be honest. I mean, like, we skipped out on Smash Mouth set. Whatever. They're fine. It, it is what is it. But like, NSYNC was good. <laughs> like, it I, it sincerely like changed my perceptions Man, of they like won, they pop won music. You over. Yeah, of like, <laughs> because I mean, like, one there was like the the dance and the singing and like the actual just like the performance. Yeah, like the production. Yeah, and I mean like every single song they were just like, I mean every other song going back and just like doing like rapid costume changes. And then like at the end of the thing they did like a Beatles medley where they were on like a fucking crane that like went across the, um, like a kind of like a cherry picker and they like went across the crowd and was just like, Man, you guys are working hard. That's insane. Like, even if, like, you're, you know, even if you're not actually singing, you're giving us the Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Blame like, it on the rain. Yeah, but it was still just, like, all right. Like, I don't know. I, it, it, they won this punk over that night. Yeah, they won me over, man. <laughs> In sync, if you can see them live. That's amazing. Man, 2002. That is so cool. <laughs> they won me over that night. It's hilarious. Now you got some cool shit in here, man. I appreciate you sharing some of your memories with me. Is there anyone, uh, one more you want to close out with or anything? Or do you want to hang it up on NSYNC? I think that's a good stopping point, right? <laughs> I mean, how do we cap that? I know. That's pretty That's pretty awesome, man. Um, well, it's the thing that I love, you know, I we have like this shared human experience of like, we all love music. We all love, we all have these different experiences within that. 
And so the whole point of this series that I'm doing is just like to kind of learn those things and like share in those things with people. And so I do appreciate you sharing that with me. Well, thank you for letting me share with you and also with your listeners. Yeah, man. Um, I know we talked a little bit about Mondo, but that's like the big thing we've got going on for sure. Um, tell people where they can check out Mondo and follow it and everything. Um, yeah, we've got it's um, at Mondo Monday is OKC at Instagram. That's where you're going to see what we're doing every single week. And also Pony Boy, their Instagram account. Um, I'm a writer and editor for um, Edible OKC, which is a local food publication. And we've got some good stuff coming up for you. So it's a free magazine. You just go to the restaurant. There's a rack there. You just pick it up. Or you can go to the website. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Lucas is a cool dude, so check out what he's got going on. Great writer, so... Uh, if you like some of his writing, get you got a your uh, Patreon, right? Your um, blog. Yeah, I've got a, a a Patreon and a Substack. If you look up, there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take, which is a quote from Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, you can find me there. Where I I have one of them is like I write about movies, but I'm not writing about the movie. Like it's just kind of like. Sort of like what we were talking about tonight, like experiential things, um, like going to see uh, going to see a movie and something else happens, um, and then another one that's like sort of sort of like more storytelling. That's the Patreon, right? Well, yeah, man, be sure to check that out, y'all, and be sure to check out Mondo Mondays uh, here at Pony Boy. It's a lot of fun. Come through for anime. Got the Mondo movie after that, and then open mic comedy. It's a good time for sure. Um, as always, follow us on social media. It's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T U N E S slash T O O N S. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Lucas, thank you very much, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you for having me here.